Chapter Three of Isaac Bickerstaff. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Isaac Bickerstaff, physician and astrologer, Chapter Three: Pasolet's Story. From my own apartment, May twelfth. I have taken a resolution hereafter, on any want of intelligence, to carry my familiar abroad with me, who has promised to give me very proper and just notices of persons and things to make up the history of the passing day. He is wonderfully skilled in the knowledge of men and matters, which has just made me more than ordinary curious to know how he came to that perfection and i communicated to him that mr pasolet said i i am mightily surprised to see you so good a judge of our nature and circumstances since you are a mere spirit and have no knowledge of the bodily part of us he answered smiling you are mistaken i have been one of you until a month among you which gives me an exact sense of your condition. You are to know that all who enter the, into human life have a certain date or statement given to their being, which they only who die of age may be said to have arrived at. But it is ordinary sometimes by faith that such as die in these are, after death, to attend mankind to the end of that statement of being in themselves which was broken up by my sickness or any other disaster these are proper guardians to men as being sensible of the infirm of their state you are philosopher enough to know that the difference of men's understandings proceeds only from the various dispositions of their organs so that he who dies at a month old is in the next life as knowing, though more innocent, as they who live to fifty, and after death they have as perfect memory of judgment of all that passed in their lifetime, as I have of all the revolutions in that uneasy, turbulent condition of yours, and you would say I had enough of it in a month were I to tell you all my misfortunes. A life of a month cannot have, one would think, much variety, but pray, said I, let us have your story. Then he proceeds in the following manner. It was one of the most wealthy families in Great Britain which I was born, and it was a very great happiness to me that it so happened, otherwise I had still, in all probability, been living but i shall recount to you all the occurrences of my short and miserable existence just as by examining into the traces made in my brain appeared to me at that time the first thing that ever struck my senses was a noise over my head of one shrieking after which methought i took a full jump and found myself in the hands of a sorceress who seemed as if she had not been long walking and employed in some incantation i was thrightened and cried out but 
she immediately seemed to go on in some magical operation and anointed me from head to foot what they meant i could not imagine for there gathered a great crowd about me crying an air an air upon which i grew a little still and believed that this was a ceremony to be used only to great persons and such as made them what they called hares i lay very quiet but the witch for no manner or reason or provocation in the world takes me and binds my head as hard as possibly she could then ties up both my legs and makes me swallow down a horrid mixture i thought it a harsh entrance into life to begin with taking physic but i was forced to it or else must have taken down a great instrument in which she gave it to me when i was dressed i was carried to a bedside where a fine young lady my mother i wot had like to have hugged me to death from her they faced me about and there was a thing with quite another look from the rest of the room to whom they talked about my nose he seemed wonderfully pleased to see me but i knew since my nose belonged to another family that into which i was born is one of the most numerous among you therefore crowds of relations came every day to congratulate my arrival among others my cousin betty the greatest romp in nature she whisks me such a height over her head that i cried out for fear of falling she pinched me and called me squealing chit and threw me into a girl's arms that was taken in to tend me the girl was very proud of the woman employment of a nurse and took upon her to strip and dress me anew because i made a noise to see what ailed me she did so and stuck a pin in every joint about me i cr still cried upon which she lays me over my face in her lap and begged me fell a nailing in all the pins by clapping me on the back and screaming a lullaby but my pain made me exalt my voice above hers which brought upon the nurse the witch i first saw and my grandmother the girl is turned downstairs and i stripped again as well to find what ailed me to satisfy my grandam's father's curiosity this good old woman's visit was the cause of all my troubles you are to understand that i was hitherto bred by hand and anybody that stood next me packed if i did not open my lips insomuch that i was grown so cunning as to pretend myself asleep when i was not to prevent my being crammed but my grandmother began a loud lecture upon the idleness of the wives of this age who for fear of their shape forbear suckling their own offspring and ten nurses were immediately sent for one was whispered to have a wanton eye and would soon spoil her milk another was in a consumption the third had an ill voice and would frighten me instead of lulling me to sleep such exceptions were made 
against all but one country milkwinch to whom i was committed to put to the breast this careless jay was eternally romping with the footmen and downright starving and so much that i daily pinned away and should never have been relieved had it not been that on the thirtieth day of my life a fellow of the royal society who had writ upon cold baths to visit me and solemnly protested i was utterly lost for want of that method upon which he soused me head and ears into a pail of water where i had good fortune to be drowned and so escaped being lashed into a linguist till sixteen and being married to an ill-natured wife till sixty which had certainly been my fate had not the enchantment between body and soul been broken by this philosopher thus to the age i should have otherwise lived i am obliged to watch the steps of men and if you please shall accompany you in your present walk and get intelligence from the aerial lackey who is in waiting what are the thoughts and purposes of whom you inquire for i accepted his kind offer and immediately took him with me in two lights white chocolate's house may thirteenth we got in thither and my companion threw a powder around us that made me as invisible as himself so that we could see and hear all others ourselves unseen and unheard the first thing we took notice of was a nobleman of a goodly and frank aspect with his generous birth and temper visible in it playing at cards with a creature of a black and horrid countenance wherein was plainly delineated the arts of his mind cousin age and falsehood they were marking their game with counters on it which we could see inscriptions imperceptible to any but us my lord had scored with pieces of ivory on which were writ good fame glory riches honour and posterity the spectre over against him had on his counters the inscription of dishonour imprudence poverty ignorance and want of shame bless me said i sure my lord does not see what he plays for as will as i do says pastelot he despises that fellow he plays with and scorns himself for making him his companion at the very instant he was speaking i saw the fellow who played with my lord hide two cards in the roll of his stocking pestilent immediately stole them thence upon which the nobleman after won the game the little triumph he appeared in when he got such a trifling stock of ready money though he had ventured so great sums with indifference increased my admiration but pastelot began to talk to me mr isaac this to you looks wonderful at all at all to us higher beings that nobleman has as many good qualities as many men of his order and seems to yet have no faults but what as i may say are excrescences from virtues he is generous to a prodigality more affable than 
is consistent with his quality and courageous to a rashness yet all this the source of his world conduct is as though he would hate himself if he knew it mere avarice the ready cash laid before the gamester's counters makes him venture as you see and lay distinction against infamy abundance against want in a word all that is desirable against all that is to be avoided however said i be sure you disappoint the sharpness to-night and steal from them all the cards they hide hasselet obeyed me and my lord went home with the whole bank in his pocket End of chapter three read by elijah fisher